1: Hello, and welcome to Masoni and Marshall, the Meaningful Marketplace. We are here weekly to interview food entrepreneurs. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Masoni of Oregon State
0: University's Food Innovation Center.
1: Sarah Masoni, I have been gone for a little while, and you have been covering for me, so thank you
0: yes i missed you sarah marshall
1: it's good to be back it's good to see you i've missed you as well i was um tending to my family which happens um but anything you want to update me on did i miss i'm sure i missed so many great things but tell me well we
0: had some really good podcasts they're all in the can and everybody can find them on their favorite podcast channel I'm Perfect. not gonna tell anyone
1: anything about them. They have to listen. <laughs> That's a good tease, my friends. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, what's going on off the podcast?
0: Do you have any food news for us? I do have some food news. Uh, I've been telling everyone every week to check out the regional food business centers. There's 12 across the U.S., And the mission is to connect underserved food folks with their technical assistance and funding to help bring their food business to the next level. And then I also suggest that everyone connect with their state departments of agriculture. Every state in the U.S. receives some sizable funding that will be coming out here after January sometime. The applications will be open And then I wanted to tell everyone on December 7th, the Food Innovation Center is hosting a holiday bazaar featuring startup food entrepreneurs. It looks like we have about 20 registrations for food companies, and we have another 18 or so available. So if you're interested in doing that, make sure and go on Eventbrite and sign up for the FIC Bites and Buys.
1: Yeah, you had just sent your notes over to me, and so I saw that in there, and I signed mm-hmm. up. So you already I, did? I just, okay. I just did right it, when you it said it over. not be the same without
0: you. And then <laughs> the last thing I want to tell people is we are getting ready for the Winter Fancy Food Show that will be in Las Vegas, January 21st to 23rd, and we're doing something new this year. We actually are supporting two incubator village locations. One is part of the Regional Food Business Center, and we have 12-plus companies from our six-state region, which is Montana, Idaho, Colorado, Oregon, Washington, Indiana, and Wyoming. And then we have about 12 to 14 companies with the Food Innovation Center. So it's going to be quite a wild ride at the uh, Winter Fancy Food Show.
1: That sounds so fun. And if it, are you still looking for people to come with you if people want to go? Should they uh, contact you? No, you our roster, yeah, our
0: roster's full for this. Uh, winter show. But if you're interested and you've worked with the Food Innovation Center, just contact me at saramassoni.com No, sorry. It's sarah.missoni <laughs> at um, And we'll talk and see what's up, see if we can fit you
1: in. Perfect. That sounds fun. Um, while I wasn't there, there was a really fun um, hot sauce Program that happened through the G- Department of Agriculture. Um, I sent my sauce up there. I didn't go in person, um, but about ten hot sauce makers from all around the states. But there was um, five or six from our um, Pacific Northwest Hot Sauce Makers group that went up to Canada. Um, oh, with Eric Garmin. Yeah, about totally. That. And so um, that was a really all
0: around town and stuff.
1: Yeah, Yeah. really fun event for people to do. Um, And I just wanted to encourage people to go to those if they can, you know, Mm -hmm. um, importing and exporting food from Oregon is very important. Um, I think it's fun to get into other countries and show off what we can do. So it was a really fun, even though I wasn't there, I was here, but it was still had fun fun because all my, (laughs) all my sauce buddies were sending me pictures of my sauce there and they did a whole food cart with all of our sauces and the booth was really cool. It was like all backlit with black lights and, um, just a very fun event. So I think those things are really fun and important for all of us to do and, um, and get together and do it. So you guys can check that out. And if you are interested in exporting, you can always, um, contact the Department of Agriculture. They have all these really great programs to get us out there into the world. I'm going to
0: interrupt. I actually made three batches of hot sauce at our house.
1: You did with all your
0: garden peppers? I made the Masoni hot sauce which is a red hot sauce. Then I made the Masoni super hot sauce which is kind of orange and mostly habanero and other very hot orange peppers. No nice. one's tasted it yet. I'll
1: come taste it for you. <laughs> I think I'll have some
0: I can give you and then the other <laughs> one was a green hot sauce that was mostly like jalapeños and other serranos and stuff like that. Fun. So we have some hot sauce and it's not processed. It's just in the refrigerator.
1: Yeah, I love that. Yeah,
0: I knew you'd be proud of me.
1: I am proud of you and I want to come try it. So, okay, sounds good. Invite me over. (laughs) I will. (laughs) Well, we want to thank our sponsor, um, Market of Choice for sponsoring our podcast. Uh, Let's hear a word from our sponsor.
0: Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of the Meaningful Marketplace because we believe in the power of local food entrepreneurs, so much so that we carry more than 7,000 locally made, raised, farmed, and harvested foods in our stores. Our passion is to help local makers, farmers, ranchers, and fisher folk realize their potential through programs that help them succeed. Thank you, Market of Choice. We love you.
1: Thanks, Market of Choice. Well, it's not just Sarah and I here today. We have a guest in the studio. We are joined with James Berry of Eat Pluck. Welcome, James.
2: Welcome to you. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, we're glad you could join us today. Uh, We want to make sure to connect um, our listeners to you and your company. So can you tell us your social media handles and your website information?
2: Yeah, well, so the, the the product is called Pluck, and then our and then Eat Pluck is actually our handle. So um, it's eatpluck.com, and then on Instagram, it's Eat Pluck. Uh, Twitter or X, formerly known as Twitter, is Eat underscore Pluck because it was already taken. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then I'm personally at at Chef James Berry on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, Perfect. we'll look
0: you up.
1: We will do our best to connect everybody to you. So why don't we start off with you describing your product to our listeners?
2: Sure, it's a uh, it's it's basically what we like to call an ancestral superfood powder. So it's fr- we take freeze dried powdered organ meats, the kind you'd find in capsules. That's normally how people are taking them these days. or either you know buying and cooking organs, which is very f- Few people, and then the other group of people, which is probably a little bit bigger, are taking capsules. And we really wanted to reclaim organ meats. We wanted to make it easy and delicious for people to start getting them back into their diets. And so we combined those freeze-dried powdered organ meats with seasonings and Redmond Real Salt, and we created basically what's a seasoning that you can put on anything, and it increases the flavor, makes everything taste delicious due to the umami in the organ meats. And then it increases the uh, the nutrition value because organ meats are really Mother Nature's multivitamin. They're, they're the most nutrient-dense, bioavailable food out there.
0: I just heard you say something that I'm interested in. You said ancestral superfood. I want to know, who are your ancestors?
2: I know, right? Um, you know, it's interesting. So my mom tells me, so she grew up in Brooklyn, she tells me that she ate lots of uh, you know liver and onions growing up Um, i know that when they used to go to the grocery store or when they wanted let's say chicken they would actually go to a poultry market and they would pick a live chicken and then come back an hour later and get a nice warm carcass so there was a very big connection even just a couple of generations ago uh, a connection to our food uh, the sourcing of the food and and to where you know in general where it came from and nowadays you know sometimes i'll talk to kids they don't even realize that pork is from a pig it's really interesting so there's a real disconnect happening but even even more so i mean if you look at our ancestors even just another generation back so great grandparents for some of us um they were eating even more parts of the animal than my mom for example who was in you know she was born in the 40s so um so even before that you had people eating things like brain. you had people eating parts of the animal that rarely people get in nowadays. And so I I like to kind of look towards uh, there's this this author, uh, well he's he's an archaeologist, a professor. His name is Bill Schindler, but he has a book called uh, Eat like a Human and he talks about how, and I'm going to kind of mess up the numbers, but it's something around here. It's like three million years ago, we were, um, we we were, so basically we started out as foragers and we would spend a lot of time going into the forest and looking for food um, and get very little calories from that food. And then we became scavengers. So that's about three million years ago. And even when we were scavengers, we were getting some meat, but we were getting it after the predator ate the food. And then something around 2.5 million years ago is we actually had a rudimentary tool and we became a predator. And we got something that we did not get before then, which was organ meats, blood, and fat. And those three things are what archaeologists see historically that really erupted our humanity, You know, allowed, allowed our bodies to change, allowed our brains to get bigger because we were getting more nutrients in less effort and we also got fire around that time so lots of changes happened um and so i hear stuff like that and i go well okay look at us in this modern limit. i just believe basically what i believe is that there's a lot of ancestral wisdom that we can take from the past and we can use it to support modern wellness instead of looking for all these laboratory made foods
1: And, um, you know, I think you bring up a couple of good points. You know, I, I get most of my food from the farmer's market because I, I work at it. So that's like my everyday place. And I do think that people that shop at the farmer's market are used to this kind of eating because, you know, when farmers are there, you know, I, I'm i on each side of my booth. I have a sausage person right next to me on one side and I have a lamb person right next to me on the other side and many market customers come up and want the organ meats from the lamb guy. And then the sausage guy makes a sausage with all these different um, heart and liver and, and things like that. And so I hear people requesting that every every Saturday at the market. But I think to some of our listeners, if they're shopping at, at, you know, a grocery store, they might not have that on their mind or be thinking about it. But I think it's just, um, you know, it depends on who you are and who you're shopping from. But it is part of, of if you're ingesting animal meat, um, it is part of the animal. And so, you know, there are all different kinds of things that you can do with it. And this is one of them. However, I think... I would be more likely to eat your product that I can sprinkle on my food than I would be to grill up a liver or a heart from my farm neighbor. I appreciate that he does that, but I don't really want to
0: cook it. Well, the beef heart (laughs) is really kind of nice to eat. You can stuff it and then roast it, and it's very tasty. The liver, for me, is much harder to to like to eat because it has just a really interesting texture and flavor when you cook it. And that's why people cook it with onions and bacon to try and mask the flavor. Yeah. It's a lot to swallow.
2: There's a, there's a lot of hurdles. I mean, and that's really what we were trying to solve. The three that I identified were, you know, um, you just mentioned Sarah M. Um, you know, that the taste, you know, and then also the cooking, like a lot of us don't want to, we either don't know how to cook it. We don't want to deal with it. And then the third would probably be sourcing and, um, and that's really what we solved. You know, we we source from 100% grass-fed cows. We get them from New Zealand. I actually tried to source from the U.S., um, but it was actually harder than you would have thought. The supply chain for whole animal nutrition is really not there yet, and we are working on trying to get it there. But a lot of ranches do not have access to the whole animal. It's just it's just hasn't historically been there. But New Zealand, that is their major export, so they are very dialed in. You can get literally almost. I would say almost every part of that animal and it's really clean green grass fed cows um and so and it's they get green grass year round because it's an island it's different climate than we have um very hard to find that in other parts of the in of the world really so we source from new zealand um we get our spices and herbs uh from sustainable farms uh from a um a broker that that Solicit sustainable farming practices. And then we combine them and we really have focused on how do we just help people get, like I look at pluck as like the gateway. Like I don't look at it as like, oh, this is all you should do. Like it's great, you can only do this. But I really see it as the gateway because most people are not doing it. So we have something like 94% of Americans are nutrient deficient. But we're clearly not calorie deficient. <laughs> so that's a really important distinction. It's not about that we're not eating enough food. It's about we're eating the wrong foods. So, so if
0: somebody's nutrient deficient, how would they feel? Do you have any like top line?
2: Yeah, that's I love that you, that you asked that. No one ever asked that question. I just that is such a great question. So You know, what's funny is it's the things that you don't realize are connected to nutrients. So a lot of times people don't realize that how they are feeling may be connected to what they're eating. So things like you're really groggy when you go to wake up in the mornings, you know, you need that coffee in the morning to kind of get you kickstarted. Things like not having energy consistently throughout the day, Um, even heart issues, like so racing heart and ease, easily getting anxious can be tied to a lack of B vitamins. And um, you pointed out, um, Sarah, about eating heart and heart. So there's this concept of like supports like. It's a Native American concept, an ancestral concept, where the idea is that the organ you eat, the part of the animal you eat, is supporting that part in you. And on a certain level, it makes sense, right? Like, because that organ is designed to be, uh, to work specifically. For itself, right? So, the the heart, for example, has CoQ ten. It has it has these vitamins and minerals that are designed to help it do what it needs to do, which is pump the blood and whatnot and keep you alive. And so, those nutrients, the abundance of nutrients in the heart, are going to support your heart in doing the same. And I had I just had this really fascinating conversation with someone just at the uh, Weston A. Price Conference, though um, it's called Wise Traditions Conference, and they were telling me that someone who had been living with some issues around um, their lungs, they, they, they were having some, um, I don't know, breathing issues for months and months. We're trying all these over-the-counter drugs, Trying went to their doctor, nothing was working. And then someone suggests, well, why don't you eat lung and see if that supports it? And they did. And two days later, it was gone. So what? that was a really fascinating testimony of like that like supports like.
1: Okay, but, um my nurse practitioner while I was pregnant had a similar theory, which was that while you are pregnant and you are your body's creating lungs and heart and all the stuff and you're growing it that you should eat those things as well and I did and
2: did she but recommend the placenta as well? I mean that's kind she of she
1: did she recommended whatever yeah. I could you know whatever I was growing i should I should be eating and I should be oh. you know doing all this and i and I did, but I also you know you saw I'm surrounded by like horror movies and stuff so i also just couldn't not be thinking about rosemary's baby <laughs> and i was like oh, as i was eating these like yeah. real- and i really feel like if you didn't you- eat them raw did you i didn't eat them raw i cooked oh, thank them goodness. but but it but i couldn't get it out of my mind so as i was eating it i was kind of like well you know yeah, and I feel like your product is much more accessible. So I don't know if you have contacted doulas and nurse practitioners and people along those lines, but I think they would probably recommend your product to, you know, pregnant women and you know, instead of if, you know, just makes it easier.
0: <laughs> Excuse my ignorance. Where do I get beef lungs and how do I cook them?
2: Yeah, it's uh, not easy. I mean, like um, you know, so we're actually going to be adding lung to our mix so you'll be able to get it from us soon it's it will be in our seasoning mix but in terms of finding lung uh where you can cook it yourself your guess is as good as mine i mean it, it's really it's it's really doing an internet search or going to your local farmers market and saying do you, do you get access to your lung a lot of them will not so it's it's just a crapshoot i always think a good what to start is u.s wellness meats they usually have access to a lot of parts uh 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 what is it uh white white oak pastures as well as I think a really good resource but I now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even think white oak has access to lung um yeah it's really hard to find those specific ones like for example tripe let's talk about tripe so that's yeah, the tripe. stomach lining right that's a, a, mel, a Mexican delicacy delicacy mm-hmm. it's it's in um menudo and If you go to a Mexican market, which is actually so, Asian markets and 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 um, Mexican markets are really great places to find organs because other cultures eat organs. Hello, (laughs) it's just Mm -hmm. us. So go to those markets. But here's what's interesting: is if you go to a Mexican market and you look for tripe, it will be bright white, like I'm talking like Clorox kind of you know bleached white, and that's because it was bleached. Mm
1: -hmm. Because if
2: anyone who's ever gotten the stomach lining from a cow it it's really hard to clean like you get it it's greenish based on what they've been eating you'll find nails in it if they ate nails i mean you like you literally find everything they've been eating and you have to Cows can eat it.
0: anything. That's why they have four stomachs.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> it, have... it's just, it's kind of like, I don't want to like, I don't, like, don't want to neg- make it negative and say it's nasty, but it is nasty. <laughs> you know what mm. I mean? It's like, it's really hard to clean. And that's why they bleach it. Cause they, you know, they're trying to kind of do it faster, but it's important to know that there's different ways to acquire these organs. There's different ways to do it. So if you're homesteading it, you're going to be working hard on some of these organs. They are not easy. To do, but once you do it, it gets easier. You know, it's the, it's always the first time that's the hardest, and I always look at it like this. So, if we were that tribe back in the day, you know, talking about the Paleolithic times, if we were a tribe of let's just say thirty-one people, and we killed an a, an animal, that. First of all, the killing of that animal was a quite an activity. It could take us all week to kill that animal more or more, right? So when we kill that animal, it's not like we're killing five and we're bringing back. We're killing one for the entire tribe. And so how many livers are in that animal?
1: One. one, you know, how many
2: hearts are there? There's one. So this idea of people who are always saying like, "Oh, you should," I just eat liver, or I just eat this one organ. It's like that's not the message I'm pushing. I am pushing whole animal. I really believe that a lot of our chronic disease diseases are coming from the fact that we are so kind of, I don't know, like um, tunnel focused on singular parts of animals, from yeah. muscle meat to not like we're all in on certain things like we're either all in on being no animals we're all in on just eating muscle meat but my whole point is like i think we're omnivores i think that we should be varied and i think when you're eating animal you should try to eat as much of the animal as possible and yes, i think if you, you ate the, the stomach it People would take you a long time but now. Huh? I'm sorry, what
0: people have to eat hot dogs, now. yeah. Hot do-
2: oh, isn't that funny though? Like, <laughs> hot dogs were like this huge topic in the 90s because everyone learned that it had all these organs, you know, lips and ears and all this stuff in it. And people freaked out. And now they're all about saying it's all beef. It's like, well, that's still meat. That doesn't mean that they're not using the lips <laughs> and all that. It's just they're no making sure it's all it's cow. one of my
0: favorite foods. I was always wondering what it was. It's probably because of that.
2: If hot dogs just had less salt, they would truly Really would be a health food i mean honestly if they, if they were just like a lot of those really clean hot dogs that are coming out nowadays if they just had less sodium and they're just so high in sodium but they other are. than that they really are healthy for you
0: mm-hmm. interesting
1: we're Sausage. gonna take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about how to use your product
0: Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard. By providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system, because food brings people together. Okay, we're back. I'm really interested to know, James, on your website, I noticed there's a lot of recipes and it seemed like they might've been put there by you, but by people who actually use your product. Is that true?
2: Yeah. I, so I'm a chef of 20 years and I used to cook for a private chef. I used to live in LA and cooked for many celebrities, but I, I, um, I have found, you know, we have people that use the product that send in recipes, but I've also curated some chefs that I've found that I just thought they did a great job. And I I asked them, can I, you know, will you, will you make recipes for us? So there's a, there's a handful of everything, you know, from people that are just, we did contests and they won the contest, so they got the recipe on our site, but it's really amazing. um, Not only just, and you guys can both, you, you both can appreciate this since you're also creators, but isn't it amazing? Like, you know, you think of something in your house or in your, in, you know, in your living domain and, and then suddenly you put it out there and then now thousands and thousands of people are, are now receiving something that you just thought up one day Yeah. and, and, and now they're using it and you're getting this feedback. And, and one of the things that I get, I hear from people is that they, you, you know, how we all have those recipes that we rotate every other week. You know, it's just yeah. part of our food or rotation. Every if
0: you're yeah, really or every week, yeah, or every week for me. some of
2: us. <laughs> well, the comment I get the most is that people will tell me all I did differently this week was I used your seasoning in this recipe I make all the time, and that night my family went crazy. They said, "What did you do? This is amazing! I want seconds." And they got such vindication for the time they had spent making the food, and I was like, "Oh, that's amazing! Like, that's amazing that I can not only help people feel better in their body, but I can help them feel more appreciated for what they're doing in the kitchen."
0: Tell us, yeah, that's great. Tell us about the chia pudding, though. That sounds a little weird to me. Is it a savory pudding?
2: No, (laughs) it's it's sweet. So the beautiful thing is, so we have four skews. So three of them are savory and uh, those ones are original or all-purpose uh, zesty garlic which is a um, which has no nightshades and no seeds for anyone that's aip um, and then we have spicy mild and then the the fourth product is called pure and so that is just the organ meats it has no salt no spices no herbs so for that one it's incredibly versatile because it's kind of neutral tasting so you can put it in sweet stuff or or uh, savory things. You just want whatever you're adding it to to have flavor already, because otherwise it's going to be kind of you know a neutral. It's not going to have it's not going to bring much flavor. Now I say that, and there are carnivore eaters out there who are using pluck pure as their seasoning. So there's even because you know when you're when you're strict carnivore you don't actually do anything but salt. So you do meat, salt, organs. And um, a lot of them are not doing the organs, so they're spreading Pluck Pure on it. And they tell me they love the way it tastes because it adds, you know, it adds a complexity to the food. But personally, I would add it to things that already have flavor, smoothies, Wait, pudding, anything us, like that.
0: Tell us about carnivore diet. What is that? Is that, is that emerging?
2: Yes. Oh my God. It's not paleo. Um, It's no carnivore. It's not paleo. So, and and there's even more subsets of carnivore. So there's even things called the lion diet and I'm not, I can't even really go into lion diet, but there's something called lion, but carnivore diet is where you're only, you're only eating uh, animal products. So you're not eating vegetables. You're not eating um, anything, but something that comes from an animal. And, And depending on how you know, intense someone is with it. Some of them don't even do dairy. Um, It just depends on, you know, how intensely they go into it. But most will eat dairy as well. Um, But it's all animal-based. Now, the issue... I did it for 30 days, so I can speak to it. I mean, it was pretty amazing like so so the idea behind it and I and and I'm not the creator of it so I don't um I, I think Paul Saldino is one of the people that kind of pushed it initially um there's some other people as well so I don't know who actually formally is the person who started it but there's a handful of people that have been in it for a long time and um wh- what my understanding of it is is that basically you're you are you're removing things that are toxic. So a lot of a lot of carnivore eaters will say that vegetables are toxic in the form that they are when you when they're growing and when you pick them, that they have defenses in them that pr- really make it either hard for you to ca- you know capture their nutrients or sometimes they will will um, leach nutrients out of you. So they find once they remove these products, these vegetables and grains and starches from their diet that and they just eat animal product that um their chronic illnesses go away like from inflammation. I mean and I've I've met some of these people. I have met some people that have literally reversed chronic disease using this diet. That said it's also can be challenging because a lot of the people that do it only eat the muscle meat. They're not eating the organs. And the whole idea is that you should be eating an abundance of the animal, the whole animal. Um yeah. And so sometimes you can get constipated initially when your body is transitioning Um there. When I did it for 30 days, I have to admit, I did love the simplicity of it. Like there's no kind of, you know how we all kind of go that through that like decision fatigue of like, what am I eating today? And yeah. sometimes you just kind of get, I don't know lost in the process of what you're supposed to be eating with carnivore it's just like oh i'm eating some meat <laughs> you know what I mean? there's there's no like well you're it, not eating
0: like deli deli ham or prosciutto or stuff like that you're just no not eating no boiled chicken breasts or
2: well a lot of them mostly stick tuna. to cow
0: they a only lot of them stick
2: to cow yeah cow. because it's so much more nutrient dense than poultry uh-huh. but it varies. There's some that do just any animal. So it could be poultry, but it it really varies. Um, yeah, I, I recommend if this is resonating with anyone to look it up, but I don't want to advocate, you know, I really am a believer that we all have to follow our paths with yes. our instincts of what we should eat. If anything, that's really what I try to advocate is like, let's get back to our individual instincts and what we should be eating. And one of the reasons why I like I'm really pushing that we eat our nutrition versus swallowing it, because obviously there were already people, you know, supplying encapsulated organs. So it's like, well, why did I have to create a new product? It's because I it really bothers me that we are moving. Uh, or that we have so like moved. Soil green capsules. Yeah, well, this idea that you're swa- <laughs> yeah. so when you swallow your nutrients, you're yeah. bypassing your your biological digestive right. process. Right.
0: No saliva is getting into no saliva's, it. No saliva
2: is no immediate community Like, like I yeah. always use the example of salt. Like, if you took salt, put it on your tongue, your body would communicate exactly immediately what it needs. It would say, "Give me more" or, get, or "Stop." And it does, like anyone could try Try doing like three dips into the salt jar and it your body will literally start to gag. It just gets so bad. Mm. But if you take a salt tablet and you swallow it, 15, 20 minutes later, why am I bloated? Oh, I got too much of something. So one is working with your body and where your body is telling you exactly what it needs, your bio-individuality. And the other is just guesswork. You're just like guessing, oh, I think okay. I need this. And I hear this all the time with encapsulated organs that people will take the six that the bottle recommends and they feel nauseous. And I'm like, yeah, probably because you don't need six.
0: Okay. So one of the reasons that you decided to focus on this was because a family member had a health issue. Can you tell us a little bit about what took you down this path?
2: Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I, I'm a, I've been working as a chef, as I mentioned, on uh, nutrition and helping people with their with their nutrition and their health is very important to me, but I'm also a father. And I I really kind of hit this head one day when my two girls, uh, we had traveled to Canada and on our trip, they got um, Shiga toxin, which is a form of E. coli. And it's very toxic or, or it's very deadly, I should say, for, for young kids and the elderly, because you can't hold anything down, like literally nothing. And if you're already kind of on the verge of, you know, not being um uh what's the word? Like, you, you know, having the grit of being able to get through illness, if you're already feeling weakened, this can just weaken you considerably. Mm-hmm. And my oldest daughter, the um she was about four or maybe five then, and she got through it in three days. So she threw up diarrhea, all that past three days, she was fine. You can't take antibiotics when you're on this, by the way. This you, you can actually hurt yourself if you take antibiotics. So That's what I mean, it's not something, you kind of just have to let it pass. And um, unless it gets really bad, then you have to go to the hospital and they just try to keep you hydrated until it passes. But um, basically my youngest, who was already very small, it just didn't stop. And I had to go away for business for two days. And I thought, I think she was on day six at this time, and of not being able to eat anything. Or mm-hmm. drink anything and um and I left thinking she was on the mend and I came back and it was, she was still in it and she was literally skin and bones so it's like the worst you know the, the last thing you want to see as a parent is see your child withering away and looking yeah. like she's dying basically and mm-hmm. and it scared me um and I just remember that's not when I created pluck but I just remember thinking to myself because basically a couple days after I got back she started to come out of it and the only thing she could keep down was toast and butter basically and you know as a parent you're just like oh toast and butter, like that's like not that healthy and you're just thinking like
0: rudimentary
2: food yeah yeah. right it's just like it's just not the best health the food so i kept thinking to myself man i wish there was something i could sprinkle on this toast that would boost the nutrition of it but not not affect her 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 um eating it you know Mm -hmm. that would have very low impact and not kind of not affect her sensibilities where she's like tries to turn it away. Cause obviously if you put pate, for example, on the toast, she's yeah. going to turn it away, right? It has mm-hmm. a certain smell and texture to it. So I wanted something that was really just kind of easy and good was going to add good flavor. And, and that's kind of where I came up with the concept, but I didn't really know that it was going to be what it is until mm. much later, but that's definitely, mm. it was out of that desperation of wanting to support um, my children's nutrition.
0: Could I sneak it into my husband's cinnamon and sugar that he puts on his toast?
2: If you get pluck pure, yes, okay. absolutely, he won't know. And the key is you got to—it's it, just ratios. So you got to mm-hmm. make sure that the cinnamon is the bigger ratio. So I would do like eighty-five okay. percent cinnamon, and then fifteen percent of the pluck pure, or even okay. start with ten. But okay. what's amazing about it, so pluck has five organs. So it has liver, heart, kidney, spleen, and pancreas. We're eventually going to be adding lung and even bone marrow. And the those five organs, they're freeze dry. So when you take a wet organ and you freeze dry it, you're left with about 21 to 23%. So you lose a lot just from the water weight when you freeze Mm -hmm. dry an organ. So I like to tell people, I'm like, this is very concentrated. Like, yes, you're getting pinches at a time, but it's extremely concentrated. And I'm more interested in the things that we do daily. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you do something. If you go running once a month, yay for you, but it's Mm -hmm. not gonna move the needle. What's gonna move the needle The things we do every day, like brushing our teeth, we do these things. They're not, they're not things we have to think about, and that's what interests me around health. I want us all to get to a place with health where you don't have to think about it, and it's not a chore. And that's Mm -hmm. what I love about Pluck because you're getting, first of all, it's not a new habit. We already season our food, so you just, I'm just saying, season it with this instead of Lowry's or whatever else you're using. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is, is it's micro dosing. So you're getting micro dosing frequently because you're using it in all your meals. Mm-hmm. And that's cumulative effect. I see. And so then once once you have something like that where you don't have to think about it, then it doesn't matter what happens in your life. You could have a death in the family. You could get ill. It won't matter because the things that we do daily, don't don't get affected by our emotions. Like mm-hmm. you you don't not brush your teeth because you 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 broke up with someone that day. You know what I'm saying? These yeah. are habits that we do daily. And that's what I want. I want things that aren't going to get emotionally you know, caught up in your daily life, but they're just things that you do. You go on autopilot. I call it like the Netflix of, of health, you know, like you just, you just buy it. You don't think about it anymore. And then, and it doesn't matter if you get that 999 bill every month, it's, you know, you're still getting out of it what you want. So it doesn't matter.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's what I
2: want for everyone. I just want everyone to always be healthy and not have it be such a headache as I feel like it is
0: timing's really good I just literally cleaned out my spice drawer at home I had like 50 jars of stuff in there and (laughs) so I started like okay Sarah you have five different peppers you think you have enough pepper in the drawer three different mustard powders well now I I need to get some of this and I'll add it into my pantry
2: well thank you and I I look forward to hearing how you like it I mean I I, I, I personally use it. I mean, I, I really did create it for myself. You know, I, I didn't grow up eating organs. Um, I don't like the taste of, I, I more like the taste now that I've been doing this and I do work with organs much more than I have, you know, my first 40 years, but the last five years I've been definitely, um, using them more often. And to your point, you know, uh, if anyone wants to kind of ease into organs, obviously pluck is a really great gateway, Gateway, but don't stop there. Like if you're going to do organs, a great first organ to do is chicken hearts, chicken hearts, chicken are, and turkey. Yeah, they're so mild and they yeah. take on other flavors really well. And what I, well, what I love about chicken over turkey is it's is smaller so that oh. you can chop it up just like treat it like a mushroom you know how like if you're making a spaghetti sauce you'd add yeah. on like maybe three or four mushrooms it's not all mushrooms like do just treat treat the heart like that too actually of you them, know
0: my family used to up. make spaghetti sauce with turkey heart and li- and gizzards
2: there you go and you probably didn't I'd even forgotten taste it, about right?
0: that yeah
2: you don't taste it, it, it the key mm-hmm. is like what i said earlier is it's all about ratios so you just chop them up. So A, to Sarah Marshall's point, like it doesn't look like a heart because if it looks like a heart, you think about all the horror movies. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't look like a heart because you have chopped it up. And then you only do a handful of them and you mm-hmm. ease into starting getting these organ meats in it. And here's the thing that's amazing is once you start getting these nutri- this nutrition in your body, you start to feel different. Like the things that we talked about earlier, you start to have more energy. You start to sleep better. You start to feel better. And when we feel better in our body, we treat others better. And I truly, truly believe that if I can help people feel better in their body, we will have a better world.
0: Hmm. That's super cool. I think we forgot to ask you where people can buy your product. Can
2: yeah. you tell us? <laughs> no, that would be a good question. right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, we, we are in some health food stores and you can go to our website to, to uh, and we have a part that says locations and you can find places, but really it's from our website at eatpluck.com or Amazon. We are on Amazon as well. And we are in 2024, we're going to be really making more efforts to get into retail. So hopefully you'll find us at a you know grocery store near you in the near future. But we haven't actually tried to do that in our, we've been around three years and we haven't really we haven't focused on retail because we really just wanted to be a strong e-commerce company at first. But yeah. um
0: and we Amazon's been doing show. really well. So we had you or someone from your company on the show in April of 2021. It was episode 78, and yeah, that we was sort Amanda. of yeah, sort Amanda. of like to see what's different, what hap- what's happened in the last couple of years for your company i guess Uh, you were just starting in yeah we were just starting
2: um we had one product then that was the uh, all-purpose which we now call original um and yeah we were just we you know covid was i think was it still going on i guess it was in 2021 it's kind of getting
0: bad right now again Mm -hmm. yeah
2: but but that was very fascinating i don't know if you've talked to many people that launched their food product during covid so we did we did Mm -hmm. and that was fascinating um I so here I had this product that no one had tasted because it's a it's the first of its kind. No one had ever combined these ingredients before. So we had a product that no one had ever tried before. They'd never heard of it before. They'd never, they didn't know how it tasted. And so now we're like launching. It's like, how do we explain to people what it tastes like? How do you, how do you explain what umami is? Right. Mm -hmm. So what I would do is I would get on podcasts and I would send the podcast hosts the product before Mm. I was on the on the uh, podcast. And I would let them taste it. And then I would ask them, I trusted that they were going to like it because I I thought it was really good. So I, I would ask them on the podcast, how did you like it? What did you use it on? What did you think of it? And I would let them talk to their audience about their experience. And Mm -hmm. that really helped. It really did Mm -hmm. kind of help launch us and get us out there. I did lots of podcasts and then now that things are much more open, we go to conferences and we, mm-hmm. we are vendors. A lot of times we're um the word is getting out there more and more. And we really hope we're, we're really hope for, for like accelerated growth in 2024. Cause we now have, I feel like we, we really have the proof of concept. Like we, people really love it. We, mm-hmm. we know that it works. We know that, um, we, we have our supply chains down. Like we, we have all the nuts and bolts of the business kind of like grounded and ready to go. And now we just need even more growth so that we can even do more things.
0: That's cool. So one thing we do like to ask folks is, do you have any advice that you'd like to offer to a startup food company?
2: Yeah, I, I would say, um, and this is obviously coming from someone who, like I said, launched during COVID Um, be, be nimble, you know, be, be willing to pivot uh, for, and I'll share this example. So when we launched in 2020, we were using uh, pink Himalayan salt and, you know, I've been a chef for a long time and pink Himalayan salt in my judgment was pretty clean. But then as I, we launched I started hearing from more and more people and there were had been some recent salt studies that were showing that it wasn't necessarily clean. And so I kept getting a lot of customers saying, why don't you guys do Redmond real salt? Like, could you guys do that? And I honestly, that was a salt that I had thought of using before I launched, but the the um, the the spice broker that I had originally launched with didn't use it. Like I couldn't get oh. it from them. So mm-hmm. I had to kind of work with what they had and they had pink Himalayan and we can't use sea salt because it's too wet. It, it just, it doesn't work it very is well. Wet.
0: This. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, So, so basically though, after I got that feedback, I started looking for a new spice um uh, broker and um, we found someone that was willing to source Redmond real salt and we pivoted. And it was amazing. I mean Where is it not, from?
0: Where's Redmond Real Salt? Uh, Redmond's
2: from? is from Redmond, Utah. So it's okay. it's very similar nutrient profile to Pink Himalayan, but it's it's um it's domestic. So I like that. I like that we don't have to, you know, ship it from so far away as Pink Himalayan is.
0: Oh my gosh, I think I found one of those in my spice drawer. Which one? I,
2: the Redmond Real Salt?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm it's a really clean that. one. They third yeah. party test it for microplastics for everything, and 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 uh, they're a really good company. But what what was fascinating that I had not planned on. So first mm-hmm. of all, once we pivoted to Redmond real salt, not only did it beef up our audience, so people that really were already fans of Redmond started to then become fans of us, but also it it created branding collaboration because we could reach out to Redmonds Redmonds and say, hey, we use your product. Can we do something together? And they were very open to it. That's so great. suddenly we didn't feel so alone, you know? And that Co-branding was- branding
0: is so powerful, isn't it? It's yeah. so
2: powerful. Um, mm-hmm. There's one thing that I'm about to do that I think is going to be game-changing. And it's, it's basically creating a sample size. Nice. Um, um, we're going to create a, a tiny, like little pouch that is about a five gram serving. So it's that's a little under a teaspoon.
0: Maybe you can get it on the airplane. People oh. can add it to their Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be I,
2: I, that would Just be amazing. like those
0: funny lemon and lime packets they have now. Mm-hmm. Yes,
2: I totally have seen it. on Alaska. <laughs> I've seen those.
0: Mm-hmm. You could have real. Yeah, organs. but so well, what we're
2: going to do with these samples that I think will be uh, revolutionary for us is we're going to uh, partner with other companies. So basically for example like kettle and fire so they're they're a bone broth company so we're going to get them you know a certain amount of these samples for their audience so they can put them in mm. their direct-to-consumer boxes and then they're going to give us something that we can put in ours and Ooh, so it becomes idea. this collaboration where we can reciprocate we can reach their audience with our very complementary product to their bone broth it's it tastes so good in bone broth do you really value?
0: need a retailer when you can have relationships like that because you don't have to use distributors the way you're going. You can just self distribute, which Sarah Marshall does with her product.
2: I'm, yeah. I'm a huge fan of that. I'm a huge fan of yeah. that, and I totally get why, because this, you know, the grocery and distributors take a large chunk of your money. Huge, huge chunk yeah. of your money. Huge. So I'm a big fan. I I once talked to uh, the the Paleo Valley. They do a lot of those meat sticks, and they have some other. They have a lot of products, but. I talked to Chaz, the owner um, of that once, and they, they've grown that company into massive, you know, 100 million plus business. Mm-hmm. And I said, why, why don't, why aren't you guys in retail? And he said, because we want to make money.
0: Right. Yeah. Do you, why do you want to give 40% of
1: your income away to somebody who has a big <laughs> truck and a warehouse? Well, I think it's part, I think it's part of what some people have to do, depending on how big you want to grow your business. But I think, um, I think, you know, if, I think if you have a really specific audience, which you do, you have a specific audience of people that they want, you know, are, doesn't mean that they are completely where they want to be health wise, but they're clearly focusing on their health. And I think that um, it's hard to go into a grocery store and find a product like yours On all of the shelves. I think that there's so much stuff they would really have to already be searching for something like that. But I think, you know, partnering with another company is very smart, because I think that they will already be, you know, looking for this one product, but they're not walking into a grocery store looking for that one product because they wouldn't find yours, they would be in a different section, you know.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And there is, I mean, I know that there are some companies that use retail, not for sales, but more for marketing. Just so to get on the shelf. I think, yeah, exactly. Just for, just to be on the shelf to, to make sure that your product is out there. Um,
0: I, if I were you, I would want to make sure I was placed by the meat counter or not on the, on the aisle somewhere maybe above the cheese in the deli section. I don't know, but I wouldn't want to be on the aisle.
2: I think that would be amazing if we can get that. Uh, we're mm-hmm. we're right now just to kind of pull back the curtain as we as we start to look towards potentially going bigger in retail. We're talking to um, a, actually a company where I, I guess I thought that they, they used to. I think they used to be actually in the Pacific Northwest, but maybe they're in LA now. I'm not sure, but but they they help to get products out there they they helped um epic provisions when they first launched they Mm. worked with um paleo uh no what's it called primal kitchen when they first launched and they really helped make these brands and so we're talking with them ourselves right now and one thing that we're trying to talk to them about is exactly like where will you find our product and we're thinking of having if we can do it if we can convince the stores of actually having two places because technically we can have a shaker yeah. But we really, you know, we're all about triple bottom line, you know, people, profit, planet, right? So I don't um, I don't want to keep creating products that people are just throwing away. Like I'd much rather have where we have a shaker that you refill, right? So that we're not constantly just
0: Oh, you know, maybe you should be at uh Pensy's Spice.
2: Penzi spice that would be me i've actually t- I talked to them once and they i don't know they i don't know if they were ready for it i talked to them <laughs> like two years ago <laughs> but i did go i did go and talk to them because they're they're a great spice company um but i the thought is is that we would have a shaker potentially either on on that butcher in that butcher area or on the seasoning shelf but then that shaker would direct you towards hey do you want to refill this go to your supplementary because i actually think that the product should be next to collagen in the supplements as well.
0: Oh, I think that makes sense.
2: And we could have a refill bag in that Mm -hmm. area because honestly, if you see our product, so our product's gonna be a bit more expensive than your normal spices because those don't have organ meats in it, right? Yeah. So it's gonna be a hard sell if you see a product, you know, if you see Spike or something for 4.99 and then you see us for, I don't know, 12.99, it's a huge jump.
0: Mm -hmm. If you don't
2: understand the value of organ meats, you're not gonna get it. Well, but you're you probably starting
0: to, a whole new category. Maybe oh, you should be by oh, the seaweed at Whole Foods instead.
2: Oh, that would be good too, because they have those seaweed seasonings and stuff. You're yeah, right.
0: they started out with only two SKUs. Now they have like a whole section at Whole Foods for seaweed mm-hmm. and ocean vegetables. So,
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I think something, but but to your point, I think thinking a little outside the box, because I think that the reason why I keep thinking supplement aisle for our refill bags is because if you put our product next to a big bag of collagen, which is really kind of where it I think people are thinking of it, that, that bag's gonna be, you know, I don't know, a lot of those bags are 60, 70 bucks. And then ours. Maybe you not, need to be at Costco. Oh, well, that'd be amazing. I mean, but you know, our bags <laughs> our bags would Ooh, be Costco. so much cheaper than that, you know. Yeah. And um, and so I'm just I'm just kind of trying to figure out where is it where the price point will be valued. Because if mm. it's next to something too cheap, then you don't understand the value.
0: Yeah.
1: I think we're done for the day, are we not, Sarah Marshall? Yeah, unfortunately, you guys, I have to wrap us up. So, James, it was so good to hear from you again and hear yes. about um your new products and all the things Relightful. that you're doing. You've expanded your business and it sounds like you have many more ideas and things to um to do, so we'll follow along on your journey and I'm so glad that you could join us today.
2: Great. Term. Thank you for having me and I I just want to just give a shout out to Portlandians. I I just moved from Portland in August. And I have to say, so I'm on the East Coast now and I miss Portland food so much.
0: <laughs> Don't Portland realize food is truly the
2: best in the entire world, particularly the US. And it's just you can't find the food you can find in Portland elsewhere. So such a
0: diverse menu in our city.
2: Oh, incredible. So I just want to give a shout out to all the Portland food makers. We miss you. We love you. And you're doing such great work. So thank you. <laughs>
1: Well, thanks, James. We record Masonian Marshall every week. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you to our audio engineer, Lon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you want to be a guest on the show, we are booking for 2024. You can um, s- send us a message on our Instagram or find us on our website. Uh, we will be back next week. Thanks for joining, everybody. Bye. Bye for now.